Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So we are at my first mother-daughter interview. So we have Karina Burgess and Savannah Hello. No, Hanel. Did I say that wrong? I totally said it wrong. <laughs> and then we just went over it. Can you say your, your last name for me again? Uh, Hanel. Hanel. <laughs> Hanel. Oh my gosh. I like, don't say it wrong. And I did. <laughs> so their story is so much fun. And I know that there's a little crossover even with the podcast be episode before, which is Michelle Brown, because you guys are friends. And she also had a sister that was a bluebell. So all this is so fun of how in the family this is. So you're both in Australia right now. And Savannah is home because the Lido is now on a break because of COVID-19. So I get you both in one space, which is wonderful. So we're going to start with, with Karina, like your story of like becoming a dancer, what that was like, and then how your daughter ends up in, in the same, on the same stage years later. So how did you start dance? Hi, Sherry, and th thank you so much for inviting us. It's, I'm loving your podcast, and uh, I can't wait to hear every single episode of them. So thank you for doing this. It's, all, it's wonderful to hear all the stories. Your first one actually made me cry because it just it does remind you of, of you know, being a dancer and, and what you did do. So Yeah, it's like been family, the best. Really. I'm having more fun than I ever thought I would have with this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, my my story was uh, my my uh, my family lives far north um, of top of Australia. Um, my dad was an industrial chemist, and he he was uh, working on a uranium mine, and it ran out, so he had to move. So we moved to Newcastle, New South Wales, Australia, and uh, we were staying in a little flat while our house was being built. And across the road was a ballet studio, and it was actually just a, a little studio at the back of the house. So my mother took me in there and uh, it was introduced to uh, Mrs. Monda and Mrs. Monda was a ballerina dressed like a babushka <laughs> and she showed mum some of the students that had done very well um, around the world as ballerinas. So mum knew that, you know, it was probably a good studio but little did she know that Miss Monda, my, my ballet teacher, was one of the best teachers in Australia. She's been awarded um, an OAN from the Australian government for her contribution to the arts. And they were basically pioneers of, of dance in that area. So she had, she had students all over the world. And, she, and, and the babushka, Mrs. Maunder, she knew Patricia Lee's mother, who was a, a ballet teacher in Sydney. Patricia Lee married uh, Patrick Lubavici, Miss Bluebell's son. I love that. She was the principal of the MGM at the time, and she'd flown in from Las Vegas to... Uh, to Sydney to see her mum and so that was the connection. So I went down with uh, Mrs Maunder for my ballet shoes and dance shoes and we met Patricia Lee who was standing at the door like a beautiful goddess as she was so <laughs> tall and beautiful, invited us in for a cup of tea and a chocolate biscuit and without auditioning because she knew my ballet teacher's reputation, she, without auditioning she said I'll let Miss Bluebell know uh, she has a, a beautiful Australian girl coming over for Coco Rico which was back in 1981. So I was 16 and a half at the time. I was doing full-time ballet. I was doing 72 hours a week, full-time training. And uh, I, I worked very hard in that six months, and I got over there when I was 17. So that's my 
my story, how I got there. Another young one. That's what I, when I was talking to Michelle, like it's hard to imagine. I'm picturing myself at 16 and I cannot imagine myself going to another country. <laughs> like the maturity. Another country and having never seen a show like that. You know, I remember when um, I met Miss Bluebell when I got there and then she invited me with the, with the clericos into the fishbowl, they call it, to watch the show. And I remember seeing a glimpse, it was Ali Lido, magnificent show. And I remember seeing a little glimpse of a feather pop out of the, the ball curtain just before it started. And I got so excited at just seeing that. <laughs> and, then, and then the curtain opened and bang, there was, you know, Rhapsody in Blue. And it was just the full Bluebell thing. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm going to be doing that. I am so lucky. What a way to find out what you're doing. You're already there. <laughs> yeah. And you've never seen it. Oh my gosh. Were you overwhelmed? Were you worried? Like, can I do that? Or were you like, I'm ready for this? No, I knew my training. Like I, I, when I left that ballet studio with my ballet bag on my back and I, I walked away from it, I felt like she had given me such good training that I could attack, tackle anything technically. That's, that's so amazing. I was a very confident dancer at a young age. Um, and it, it's funny because when I got to Paris and I started rehearsals, it was when the MGM fire had happened. And so Don Arden had brought over a lot of his dancers who were unemployed because of the fire. So there was a lot of Americans in that show and, uh, and obviously very, they were very good. Uh, and they called everybody up onto the stage for the first rehearsal. And I just ran forward and stood in my first position with my ballet bun. Oh, <laughs> I've never seen many, that many colored leotards in my life before because, you know, it was the 80s. And, uh, and that was how I started. Everybody like kind of laughing at me through being a ballet bun head, you know, right in the front, smiling in first position, reading. But Don Arden loved that. Oh, <laughs> I yes, yeah. because of that. <laughs> Probably gave you some good, some good uh, higher up to be seen. So you, you were several positions in that show, right? So you weren't doing the same show every I was every quite short. I was five, five, eight and a half, and I only just scraped in. So I was in group C, which was the smallest group. Uh, of girls, um, but I was given very lovely positions by Don Arden. I loved the whole rehearsal process. Um, uh, but then uh, six months later, I um, was just getting comfortable actually in the show. And one of the principal girls, uh, Lisa Scaruni, uh, left to have a baby, so they asked me to replace her. So I jumped right up to her principal position. Uh, and then they asked me to be principal swing. So I did the four principals in the show. I swung them every week, a different principal. And when I was spare, I did all the nude lines. So I, didn't, I thought I couldn't, I can't do that. I can't do that many places, but I did and I loved it. So they saw something in me that I could do that, that I didn't know myself. Right. And this is why I feel like a lot of people didn't know their potential and also to be challenged. Like you're not doing the same show to get that new challenge. And I was talking, I think it was Liz Elliott, that if you're swinging and, some, and then the male partner is also swinging. So you don't even, you don't have the same partner. You don't even know till that night who you're dancing with sometimes. And you just have to be able to go with it. You definitely can't uh, be in a rut. You have to always be thinking and adapting. I loved it. The, the hard thing was because I was small, wearing the tall girls' costumes because some of them are really tall and a lot are kind of, you know, different sizes. And so if I didn't have a particular costume that fit me, that was embarrassing because it would fall down and I'd trip over the dress and <laughs> sometimes have fights with the other girls about, no, I'm sorry, but I'm a little bit smaller than you. Can I please wear that one? And, you know, so it was a bit tricky sometimes. Because yeah. I did all the different sizes, you know, but I was quite petite. So how long did you do that show? Did you stay and do Panache as well? That I know Michelle yes. into the next yes, show. I did four years of Coco Rico and then we did a new creation. And actually in between uh, Coco Rico and Panache, there were about six of us who 
wanted to show Don Arden how he could dance. And so we, we did that. We, we called him in for a kind of a, a, a private kind of audition. And uh, he decided to create the bell line then. So we were all given specific positions in the bell line. And then also I did principal swing. And then just towards the end, I was there for eight and a half years. So towards the end, I, I said, oh, can I just do my one spot now? And so I was um, on the panache sign and uh, yeah. And then I just did that. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, was, hmm. The fact that you did that for Don Arden, those of us who know Don Arden, just the fact that you guys had the guts to like say, we want to show you this. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> That's I think we all did it because we were a little bit frustrated, although the choreography was really great. We, we knew we could do a lot more as a dancer, and so yeah. we wanted to show him that. So he created that bell line of dancing topless, which wasn't actually fun for the topless girls then because they became mannequins again, which they didn't uh, like. So right. it was kind of good for some and not for others, you know. So I feel like there's some dancers like give me the easy track so I can just work and be beautiful and there's a lot like no I want to dance harder give me the, the harder dance choreography slots when we talked a little bit before we started recording you said that you actually had time with Bluebell and can you share what you said about Vegas of what an impact she made on dancers and how uh, I would they were be honored right? to I would be honored to I, I spent a lot of time with Miss Bluebell because um, she uh, we did a lot of publicity things together and so, uh, for example, with the Hennessy Cognac, I was a Hennessy Cognac girl as a bluebell. And we, we went down to their um, chateau in Cognac and with Bernard de Giron, whose family went back to the Louis XIV family. And he asked her a lot of questions. So while we're sitting there with Michelle, Michelle came with me at the time. And so we're sitting in this uh, chateau in Cognac and uh, having a, a cognac <laughs> and chocolate and listening to Miss Bluebell's stories through Bernard de Giron. Uh, I learned a lot about about her and uh, how strong a woman she was. So she said one story was that she she took the show over to Vegas to the Stardust Hotel. Uh, they were very happy with the show. And she was called up to, uh, she said, the, the mafia boss was smoking a cigar. And he said, you know, we love the show. Thank you. Your girls are beautiful. We're so excited to open tonight. But just I just want to make sure that you let the girls know that after the show, they have to go in their costumes and walk around all the, the gambling tables because, you know, that's what we do here in Vegas. And she said to him, shaking in her shoes, uh, my, my girls won't be doing that. My girls are Bluebell girls and we don't do that. And he said, oh, but come on, you know, it's Vegas. This is what we do here. And she said, well, if you insist, then I will, there will be no opening show tonight and I will take all of my Bluebell girls back to Paris. We will not be doing that. And so he gave in and, and stopped. Um, and then because the Bluebell girls didn't have to do that, the other girls in the other shows in Vegas said, well, if the Bluebell girls aren't doing it, then why should we? And so that stopped because Miss Bluebell was all about the respect of the dancers and her girls and to be treated correctly at a very high standard. And so she was very proud of that. I love that. I'm so glad that story kind of just came out like a last minute thing. I'm like, wait, that is, that definitely just shows her character and why we felt well taken care of because the stories about working in Vegas that I'd heard, I was kind of afraid to go down there um, because of misunderstanding or what they kind of go back to the mafia days of what Vegas was like. And because of Bluebell that changed. That's right. And she, I felt like she always mothered everybody that way. You know, she wanted the respect and she wanted the girls to respect themselves as well as dancers, you know, that because it is a profession and uh, she really instilled that, I think, in, in all of us, you know, that elegance, the class and how to, how to behave, you know, in public and all of that. So 
And you can see that when you go to the reunions. Yes. Oh <laughs> everyone stands there and does their pose. You can see that. <laughs> if some of us with brand new hips and whatever else has happened to our body, you still know how to pull up and, and yep. yeah, exude that. So did you choose to be done dancing or what, what I want to go into Savannah's story. So I'm curious, what is the line that gets us to the, your daughter is now dancing on that same stage. I'm sorry. What was the question? Did you choose to, to stop dancing and, and come back to Australia or was oh, there? I danced for eight and a half years and I actually did a lot of modeling as well for Haute Couture and uh, I kind of burnt myself out and at the end of my eight and a half years, uh, they asked me to rehearse the girl who was taking my spot. And I was packing up my life in Paris, which was a big job. I had a lot of stuff to pack up and send back to Australia. I had a dog that I had to put in quarantine. I was learning, I was learning the show that was traveling around Europe for the bicentennial of the French Revolution. I was principal in that show. Um, and that, that show was uh, one of the first tours that the leader had done in a, in, in a long while, actually. So it went to Los Angeles, to Chicago, New York, um, Houston and Dallas. So I was learning that show. And so I was really burnt out. Yeah. And uh, I, I could give my right arm now to do that trip because, <laughs> you know, we were staying in the top places. It was all being sponsored by the uh, French government tourism bureau. Um, and, you know, I was touring around with that Lido show and it was, that's how I finished. But then I came back to Australia and I continued dancing at Jupiter's Casino on the Gold Coast where I live now. And they were wonderful shows. They changed every year. I had to audition every year and I always got in, thank goodness. And so 17 years professionally, I danced before I had my daughter, Savannah. Which is, a, it's like a really long career. Cause I think, you it know, is. when you you're told you better do it now because your body's going to give out or no one's going to want you. So there she, was a, she was an unexpected angel that came along, you know, after 26, 26 years of marriage. Because uh, Gunnar and I, he, Gunnar really? was the Lido, um, the Ice Act on the, on, on the stage. He did Ale Lido, then Coco Rico and Panache. So that's where we met and fell in love and got married um, in Paris with all the boys and Kelly oh boys my. and the Bluebell girls. Miss Bluebell actually postponed a trip to America to be at our wedding. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so Gunnar had worked, you know, around the world since he was three years old in his wow. life as an actor. So and, your and, then, and your daughter, but also your sister was also a bluebell dancer. Uh, no, my sister no. wasn't tall enough to be a bluebell. She, she oh, would right. love to have been a bluebell, but she auditioned when she was 16 and she was too short. So she ended up at the Moulin Rouge and became that's the star right. of the Moulin Rouge and one of the longest running showgirls in history, I think. Um, really? Well, I think so. Um, she, you have to ask her that, but she was, uh, she was at the Moulin Rouge for 16 years. She's still up on stage, actually, doing her Cabaret de Paris show. Really? Yeah. Oh my. There's a lot of longevity and there's all these great connections of how many in your circle have experienced this life? Yes, and Savannah's dad, who was the Lido act, he worked with his sister. They were a family act. And, 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 her, and she married Maddie Rios, who was one of the longest running acts at the Lido. Rios brothers. Who, you yeah. guys have a movie, a movie of just this. <laughs> like, you guys have enough to do like maybe a mini series or something. There's a lot of great stuff. So, Savannah, you grew up dancing with your mom, correct? She had a studio and then you, you started ballet. With, was your mom one of your teachers or was just her studio? She was one of my teachers too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> funny story. 
But, you know, when mother and daughter, when my mother's teaching me, there's a lot of head banging and, um, you know, just we don't get on. So uh, I had another ballet teacher called Miss Kathy. So I, she was my ballet teacher for the, for more years. <laughs> yes. So that was probably easier for both of you. Because it's got to be hard if it's your daughter in class to be the teacher. And it's got to be really hard to be the daughter if your mom is, yeah. <laughs> well, she's my mom. So when she goes into teaching mode, you know, I know her behind the scenes. So it's not as, you know, um, I don't know. When other, when other kids, you know, my age that are in the class, they think of Miss Karina, you know, ballet teacher. But I don't have that same right. <laughs> experience, so. Wow. So did you think you wanted to be a dancer in Paris because your mom did, or was that like something you were working towards? Well, when I was young, you know, I, I saw the Lido show on, on discs, on, on, on tapes that they had. And I saw, saw my auntie at the Moulin Rouge. And so I didn't know what it was like to be a showgirl in Paris. I didn't know. But I had heard stories, you know, from my mom and my auntie over the years. So I kind of accumulated a little bit of knowledge. But when I went over there, I just experienced a complete other story, you know. And when you actually experience it, it's not the same as just, you know, I don't know, just hearing listen, about, it. Hearing about mm-hmm. it. So when you experience it, it's very different. So, um, but yeah, I did grow up around it. And when I was younger, I just, I didn't have, I'm going to be, a ballerina or I'm going to be a showgirl. I didn't have that, you know, one, one job that I wanted to do because, you know, I don't need to worry about that when I'm, you know, in school and growing up. But when, when I went to high school and it got, you know, towards grade 11 and 12, the final years of school, then I was like, well, you know, what am I going to do? Cause you have to choose your subjects at school for your final year that you want to do to go on maybe to university or to go on to something afterwards. So, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> and also she was young at school, so she finished uh, when she was 17 instead of 18 because of her birthday being middle of the year. So she had that window between 17 to 18, six months, where she was in a no-go no zone type thing. Yeah. She was trying to figure out what she was going to do. And they don't hire dancers like you and Michelle, like 16 or 17. You have to yeah, that's right. So you went to audition. How was your audition? I must, I know you got in because I know you're in the show, so there's no mystery there. But what was your audition? Did you? How many times did you audition? Me? Yeah. Oh, um, yes. So I actually missed in in 2017 when I came over to audition in June. There was a a big audition, you know, that was the big audition, but I. I think I only arrived in Paris the day the audition was being held, the big one. And so my mum, she, she got in contact. You got in contact how with Jane. We, how did we not know that and organise our tickets? I don't know, but don't we know didn't organise it I don't know properly. what happened there. <laughs> and, um, and so then my mum, you know, she got in contact with the Lido and, and Jane, I believe. And so then my mum helped set up a private audition for me and actually two other girls from other countries in Europe, they came to Paris and I auditioned with two other girls. So it was a private audition on the 12th of June. And you got... 18th birthday. It was on your 18th end, birthday. 
what a great birthday like oh congratulations and happy birthday well, i was actually sick on that day i was very sick and um i woke up in the morning and you know body body was sore and from the plane the flu from the plane and oh. um Mm. And so I took, you know, a Nurofen and I had a good breakfast and then I got ready and we went to the to Lido and I, I said in my head to myself, I said, I'm not going to let my sickness get the better of me. I'm here to do the audition, do it well. And I was very, very determined to to do my best that I could that day because I did not want to come back home to the Gold Coast because those few months after school, I wasn't doing much, you know, and um, yeah, I didn't want to come back here because there's not many dance opportunities here available here. Yeah. So that's why. And, um, you got to make and, it. Like and, and I was so nervous. I was so nervous after my audition. I, I, you know, after it was all good, I got my clothes back on and everything and got ready to go outside and, and we were just waiting there and Jane wanted to see me first at the at the table so she was with so jane was with kate denham and victoria who is the bluebell dance captain so she auditioned me and um yeah i sat down with them and i was like really nervous <laughs> they were asking me a couple of questions and um then basically and i said i'm just so grateful to be here on my birthday you know thank you for this experience and she said it's your birth jane said it's your birthday today and i said yes she said, well, I have some very good news for your birthday. And then in my head, it was like, oh, what's going to happen, you know, on the edge. And, and then she said, we would like you to come. And when, when she said that, I started like crying because I had, I had made my dream of getting that job come true. And it was just, it was, I had goosebumps. And then Victoria, the, the Bluebell dance captain, she started crying. And so it was all a beautiful experience. And actually, my mum was at the back. They, they let they let me and, and her auntie Iris um, sit in at the back and watch. Oh, the audition. Oh, wow. They've oh, always wow. been very respectful, you know, to the people who worked there before. And I, I love that feeling that, you know, you're not forgotten when you go back. Yeah. So they, they let us sit in and watch. Can you believe That's that? Awesome. Did that make you nervous or did you even pay attention that she was oh, there? No, don't, don't, didn't pay attention. I just wanted to learn from Victoria, <laughs> learn the steps. I wanted to ask questions to get exact, exactly right. And that was it. So you got the job and then how much time, so did you go back to Australia and then you went to Paris? How much time did you have between the audition and Paris? I mean, going into the show. Well, because I auditioned on the 12th of June, I went home back to Australia and then I came back on the 22nd of September in that same year, so 2017. And I started in the show on the 6th of October. Were you the only one that went in? Did the other girls that you auditioned with, were you the only one they hired? I was the only one that went in. I started in the show by myself. I didn't have anybody else that was starting at that time. Good for you. Do you remember what the rehearsal process was like, or is it a blur? Because they, they put people in so fast into the show, which is remarkable when you think of other shows that go on for weeks and weeks and weeks, and you're like, got it, in, go. Well, basically, when I got back to Paris, they set up a hotel, you know, that we could go into when we arrived there, so... Um, they gave me the rehearsal dates and then I would come in at a specific time, warm up, and then I'd, I'd learn the numbers that Victoria wanted me to, you know, learn first or whatever. And then I, when, when Victoria wasn't there, I learned the rest of the Bluebell show, my, my specific track from Zara, who was the next Bluebell captain at that time. So, yeah. 
and you don't have the same track every night either. Do you, you have different uh, principal roles that you go into? And are you a, a bluebell or what is your, or do you even have a title? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just tell you quickly in a nutshell of everything. So when I started, yes, I was contracted as a bluebell. And then after that, one month after I was in the show, Jane asked me to learn a sublime role, so a soloist role, one month after. And so I learned that. And then after that, I got asked to learn a bell, to be in the bell line and learn a bell show. Um, and then I was contracted as a bell. Which I helped. Yeah, that your mom actually got that. <laughs> that's a great, that's such a great through line there. Yeah, so and then basically... Oh, sorry. Yes. And then basically after being in the bell and contracted as a bell, I was asked to learn principal, principal. And that position is called lunette because she wears the glasses. And so that was all in one year. So I had learned bluebell, sublime, bell and principal in one year. And then after in the second year, they asked me to learn another sublime role and do the point duo with the partner and um, yeah, other, other featuring roles, which was beautiful. So you're like 18, 19 and you're in Paris. Have you been out and really been able to explore Paris? And, and it sounds like you've traveled, you traveled a lot before this. This wasn't your first time out of Australia though, but you'd been to Europe before, but it's still, it's Paris and you're a dancer. Like, have you been out? I know you're home now, but what was that like to be new and fresh, learning a show, and in this beautiful city? Well, it was something out of this world. I can't even find a word to describe what that was like. But yes, I was 18 when I arrived there. And, um, you know, and then two years later, I'm 20. So I don't know. It was just, it was just something out of a movie. Mm -hmm. That's the best way I can describe it because I came there you know, and I had full of energy, full of will to do well for my job, in my job. And, um, you know, outside of the Lido, yes, I was exploring Paris, you know. I had, like, the dream life, you know. I got beautiful promotions within the show. I was living in Paris. Um, I had, you know, a boyfriend, you know. Every, every girl of 18 would love a boyfriend. So I had a boyfriend and um, I was just in a really good space and all of my dreams that I wanted, you know, came true within one year. And for me, that was like, whoa, how, how is that happening? You know? And then when we had holidays, yes, I, I traveled. Um, we, where, where did we go? We, we, went, we went to Ireland, went to the South of France, went to Italy. Oh, what an experience. Yes. And, and then I went to, you know, Ukraine and I went to Mallorca and Spain. So I did get around and travel in my time there. So it was beautiful. Yeah. And she always went to the Eiffel Tower all the time. <laughs> always Eiffel Tower, Eiffel Tower. Wait, just, no, yeah. that's not true. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm going to the Eiffel Tower. Here we go again. <laughs> Wait, you know, you're going to, because who knows when you're going to be back. I think of places I traveled and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to come back because I wanted to see everything because you don't know how long that, that life mm -hmm. is going to last. So you were there for the reunion. Karina, were you there for the reunion as well? With the blue, absolutely, blue absolutely. Savannah was actually there at the very first reunion. She was 11 years old, the, the 100th Bluebell, Miss Bluebell. Reunion. She was there when she was 11. And then, you know, you cut all these years later, she's like 18 or she's 20. And I go to the, the next reunion 
And it, it was such a special reunion because, uh, you know, she was up on stage sitting there with her dad on Don Arden's table. And I just felt like, you know, you were saying that you, you met all the girls, you know, beforehand, the day before. We all connected, which was great, and made a lot of new friends too. And then, you know, going to the reunion, seeing the girls walking down the stairs, I felt like all of us bluebells in the audience and the Kelly boys, that our spirits actually jumped into their bodies and we all became one. It was a really spiritual, amazing, it makes me want to cry. It was just so, so special. And I, I don't know how that's ever going to be repeated, to be honest. And, when, and I'm so fortunate. I just loved it. And being on the stage, feeling, you know, the energy of everybody who was working at the leader before, when we stepped onto that stage, it was a very warm atmosphere, not hot as in hot, but I just mean warm, loving you know, we could feel your energy. You wanted the best show for us. So you, you know, it was the biggest, one of the biggest applauses we, we've had because, you know, we had all of your excitement as well with it. So it was amazing. And just to perform for everybody, you know, even when I was performing on the stage, looking in the audience, I recognized, you know, people who know me and know my parents and they were like, oh, oh my it gosh, beautiful. it was amazing. Yeah. Well, because something for us, like I didn't know anyone in the show, but it was really beautiful to know that this is still continuing. But I'm thinking for both of you, there's that whole other element of that's my daughter up there. And you're like, that's my mom. And that's her, her circle of, that you guys got extra bonus of that reunion. Yeah, that's and she good. fits like a glove. She fits like a glove on it, that stage. It was, she's so tall and she's well trained. She's just so beautiful up there. It was so funny because I was thinking, where are my parents going to sit? You know, can I spot them because there are so many people there? And so, and so I was like, where could where could they sit at the moment? You know, and so I think it was a couple numbers into the show, and I look out and. Um, I'm not trying to look for them because I don't like to do that because then I, I lose a, lose my choreography. and But I just, I happen to look in the middle. And of course, my mother and my father are sitting right in the middle of the whole audience. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, there they are. And I was surprised that they got, you know, amazing seats in the house because there were so many there. But yeah. Well, I was kind of fortunate because I broke my toe at um, a pier or best place. <laughs> On his ladder, I was so jet lagged from flying over from Australia, and I wasn't drunk. I wasn't having champagne or anything. I was drinking Coca Cola actually. Oh! But I broke, I broke my toe, and so I couldn't stand in line. So I, I, I got through a little bit earlier. They let me sit in there with Lindsay while she was finishing off. And uh, yeah, and one of the Bluebell girls, um, her brother Dan, he's head of house, and he said, "Come on, Karina, I'll take you through." So we were very fortunate to get that Bonard's table to watch our daughter up on the stage. Yeah. That that makes that, that whole, all these connections even seem more fantastic. So Savannah, you're in the show and you're having the, the life you love. And then when the coronavirus came out, like, were you guys kind of knowing it was coming or was it a surprise that we're done and now, cause you had to go all the way back to Australia. Like, what was that like for you guys in the show, watching things unfold and knowing we might not be back on the stage because nobody knew how long this was going to go. Like, how, how did you as a cast deal with that? Well, actually, I came back to Australia before coronavirus hit, so I, w I, I couldn't tell you what that was like when okay. it was unfolding over there because I was actually back home at that time. So, yeah, I was, I'm very lucky to be home, you know, before it hit because I, I, I just, it's, it's a blessing, really, in disguise, blessing. Yeah. Are you still in the show when it starts back up or were you done with that contract? Were you just home on holiday then? 
No, yeah, so basically I have a CDI contract with the Lido, so a long-term employment contract. So yes, when the Lido show reopens, I will be starting again. So what, this is a question I've asked all of the, I think four that I've, that I've interviewed in the show. What do you, when you picture what that's going to be like when you go back, what is it that gets you the most excited to be back in the show? Performing on the stage. Yeah. A hundred percent, you know, there's, there's nothing that can top the experience of when you perform and when you get the audience's, you know, reaction or applause or just performing for others and giving them that happiness as well. Oh. That's the best part of it, I think. I think that's something like talking to everyone. There's dancers, and you probably know this too because you're younger, like there's people that live for class. Like they want to do contemporary and they want to feel that the stage is not necessarily their goal. They just love being in class. And I have a lot of those dancers. They, they're not to be professional, but they live to be in class. And then there's those dancers like class. Yes, that's wonderful, but get me on that stage. And it just, as soon as you talk about it, you can see the posture change. And like, that's where that joy, it's not like, yeah, I'm doing this for a job. It's like, I, there is something that, that people light up that love being on stage. And it's funny because for me, I can't speak for everybody, but for me personally, when you go on the stage, you become, you become another person, a kind of better person than you are in normal life. You know, you kind of transform to, to suit the show. And um, it's, I don't know, it's beautiful. It's, it's really it's really amazing to be able to do that, you know, and give people joy. Another thing is, you know, when I perform and give my energy and smile and I try and get the audience to smile with me. And so usually 99% of the time that happens. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, when I can give that to them and they give that back to me, I, I feel like I've won. Like that's, that's everything for me, you know. I, I can't go out and perform and, um, not look at the audience and just perform for myself. I, I I'm a type of performer who I like to, to interact with the audience and get them going as well. Which is way more fun for both of you, for the audience and for you. Yeah. You guys are delightful. I love, I love that you guys can understand each other's stories too, because you live very different eras in Bluebell Dancers, but you have that history, like for you to get to hear your mom's story about Bluebell, who you've never met, but you know you're part of that lineage. And then for Karina, you to see your daughter on stage doing what you love, but it's still going. And to pass that on is really beautiful. Yes, uh, and actually her, her father was over, we were having dinner the other night, and then suddenly all the funny stories started to come out, you know. So she was telling her funny story and about, you know, costumes, and then I was telling mine, and he was telling his, and, and my partner was there, <laughs> and he was laughing his head off. And, and, you know, it's just beautiful that, you know. We can all connect on that connect. level. Yeah. 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 Mm. I've done, I have friends when I talk about these things and they're like, it just, there's not a place in their brain to understand some <laughs> of the costume disasters or that, that life that we live. That's like, oh yeah, that's probably not how normal people talk. But when you <laughs> all have that in common, yeah. how much, how much fun. And then also for you, Savannah, to know that your mom has this treasure of these stories that you at that the age that your mom is that this will be also what you're going to look back and go that was a wonderful time of my life and so I it's kind still of look through I still look through folders now you know or photos that she's had of interviews here and going there and I'm like you actually did that like I'm sure she's told me before but I, I like to actually see it you know to understand so yeah it is it's pretty cool and yeah. Miss Bluebell, Miss Bluebell, I was very honored that she made me the 10,000th Bluebell girl back back in in the 80s there 
And so I had a lot of publicity um, on the television and in the, all the papers and magazines and things like that. So that was a, a very big honour for me that she um, she chose me as her 10,000th. 10,000? Wow. Time, so, yeah. Savannah, we have no idea what number you are, but you guys should keep counting. I would like to know my number. Right. <laughs> what number? <laughs> we'll just make one up. We'll just say, <laughs> the, I don't know, the tw I don't even know how many the years between there. The There's a lot. That Except for the way less shows, I feel like there was higher numbers early because Blue had Paris and Vegas and Reno, where now that's like the numbers, you guys are the sacred few that are hanging on to that lineage and you have to keep it going. So I will be in Paris. Because, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful dancers, but also just really beautiful spirit. I feel like everyone I talk to, there's, you have to have character. You can't just be beautiful and be a snot. You have to have character and depth. You, you know, that's not much fun for anybody backstage, which they... You put a bunch of pretty girls with no character backstage, that would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think even when you're in show business or in a show, you know, everybody has their own personality, their big personality. So it's it's great to see that everybody can get along with one another. Yeah. Yeah. So when well, I come thing I miss actually, I just miss those, you know, the mixture, the eclectic mixture. Um, so did I say that right? Collective mixture, yeah. Yeah. Characters. Yeah, I miss that. Well, I will be in Paris to see the show. Hopefully you'll still be in there. Like once things open up again, I will be in Paris. And my whole thing is I just want to set up a little table and interview everybody more and get pictures. And this needs to go into a book or a movie. Cause when I tell people this, they're like, this is, this is really fabulous. So who knows? We'll just keep telling the stories and then we'll, you know, people maybe all want to go visit you in Paris and like, I know you. <laughs> So thank you, ladies. Stay safe, stay sane. And um, I hope you get to get back on that stage again soon. Thank you. I hope so too. Thank you very much for, uh, for asking us to do this podcast. Oh, I'm so excited for, for the future of the Bluebells Forever podcast. Yay! So Yay! Well <laughs> thank you. Thank you for us. Take care of yourself. Bye. Bye. Bye.